light and we're looking good You'll be in for a fight and we fight pretty good Getting goals is our job and we get goals good Looking good, we are Carlisle United Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle The number one place to get your Kai Night fix in the podcast world I'm Lee Rooney And I'm Dan McLennan What a difference a week makes Simpson makes a terrific start with back-to-back wins To take the Blues out of the relegation zone We look back on two massive victories in a week While looking ahead to another big clash As United travel to Boundary Park To face in-form Oldham Athletic how, how close are you then to forgiveness, Dan? Are we, are we on are we on the steps to redemption for Paul Simpson? At the this deal point? is, if we stay up, the fatwa is lifted. <laughs> but hey, footballer, bloody hell! What, what a start! I mean, I think we all got the impression of the, the lift it gave the fans last week, but the way things have turned round in the space of what seven? I mean. We're recording on Wednesday this week because it's your birthday tomorrow, Dan, isn't it? Uh, you're 30 yeah. again, I believe. Um, so, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so basically, this time last week, he'd only been manager for what? Eight <laughs> hours? hours? Eight hours, <laughs> yeah. something like that? And now look at it. it. It just feels like a completely different... You, if you went on Tuesday night, you, you never would have guessed that that was a team in the relegation. Other than the fact that they were a bit back to the walls at the time. But yeah, yeah. you would never have guessed that this was a team that was struggling, would you? It's, it's no, just... not at all. It's uh, it's incredible, isn't it? You know, it's, it's the same players. Yeah, it's just it just there's just a belief there suddenly, and mm-hmm. where that's come from is incredible. Obviously, we'll talk about those games in a minute. We'll talk a bit more in depth on the Rochdale game because neither of us went to Orient and neither did Mike, so we haven't really got a sort of we've spoken to a few people who've been there, so we'll we'll, we'll cover that a little bit. Um, but yeah, we, we both went to different games of the weekend, didn't we? I think, did you go to Carlisle City, I seem to remember? Yeah, I was at Carlisle City because uh, I, had, I had some uh, work related on later in the day. So. Yeah, very good. I, I went yeah. to watch Man United against Watford. I was sat in the, the Watford, Watford end with a, uh, someone I used to work with a, a few years ago. Um, and he basically said, oh, do you, want, do you want to come along? Got a spare ticket for the match. So went along. Uh, it wasn't the greatest game of football ever, but a good point for Watford, to be fair on them. Um, right. Well, let's get straight into Dan talking about the the feel good factor and you know taking advantage of that. I mean, fair play to United that they've responded straight away, haven't they? We, we we put a little bit of pressure on them as fans and said, look, you know, t- take advantage of this real you know the lift that the sports have got, and they've done that by announcing that tickets have been slashed for the Northampton game, haven't they, Dan? Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd actually mentioned this on Twitter, and now like. You know, there, were, there was whispers that they were going to do the Bristol Rovers game, but I, I, that's far too down the line. You know, you, you've got to you've got to take impact straight away, and it was never going to happen for Rochdale. You know, no, tickets no. were already on sale, but then uh, we, we noticed it was pointed out to us by uh, our one of our mates, Tim. Uh, he noticed that uh, Northampton had suddenly stopped selling tickets for the game after a request from the home club. So. Yeah. You know, a little bit later, it was announced that uh, ten pound, five pound, and two pound straight. All doesn't matter when you buy. Obviously, you're better off buying in advance because there will be queues. Oh, there'll be queues. There'll be people who turn up. They'll queue and they'll complain. Say, well, <laughs> yeah. you've had all week to pay for it, haven't you? So, uh, yeah. yeah but no, did uh, you say that? That's for City and Terracing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just all the same everywhere. So, yeah, so yeah. I mean, no, good. It, 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 on the back of you know. 
two big wins and hopefully another good result this weekend at Oldham could push for a five-figure crowd for the first time since uh, in a league game for since uh, 10k for MK I think wouldn't it be I think yeah yeah I, think I missed that game actually I remember because I was on a stag do that day um I don't think I missed much though did I didn't miss didn't much <laughs> no it wasn't great was it Stefan Skoogle penalty I think for us and MK just dominated that match for a real mm. shame uh, yeah, so there, there you go. Get your tickets booked early. I think that I've, I know quite a few people who haven't been going for quite a while who are already talking about going to this game. I, I've no doubt we'll hit the five figures for this. I reckon because yeah, Saturday three pm, it's it's perfect, isn't it? Absolutely, and hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll real positive feel about it. And then obviously, we can take that into the Newport game in midweek after that as well. That's another big game, and the two teams at home in a row who are pushing for a you know a, a promotion place. So. Massive, that. Absolutely massive. Um, should we do a loan update, Dan, before we go yeah. to the uh, match reviews? Yep. So, Josh Dixon first. Uh, Workington, uh, he was an unused sub at the weekend. We think this might be, have been the last game of his initial month loan. Uh, I was listening I was listening to the radio as I was uh, coming to the match. and Sorry, I was as I was walking down to Carlisle City, yeah. I had uh, Radio Cumbria on and... Uh, they mentioned the uh, the commentator for Reds mentioned it was the uh, last game of his loan, but would expect to hear something this week. So yeah. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't stay there. Yeah, I mean, there's no point in coming back just to sit in the stands with us, even no, if he's no. just on the bench for them. It's it's, it's a better, yeah, yeah. better for him. He's getting his warmth. He's getting all his, his you know extra bits as well. So I think yeah. hopefully he'll stay. But um, yeah, Reds actually went down to a one nil defeat against mm. Windless uh, in front of a four figure crowd, which was I think it was the was it the highest crowd. Steps is it step seven there? Or step eight, isn't it? I think they're right. Yeah, their their level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so quite impre- some really impressive crowds in non-league this weekend, wasn't there? Some of the mm. some of the gates again. Obviously, Isle of Man being the big one that we all spotted. I think you know. Yeah, that's the dream. Isn't it? Odd. Yeah, Isle of Man away in the FA Cup in a few years' time. That's what we're Isle of Man, for. Dover, or Truro. They're the three yeah. games. <laughs> the free the free extremes. I could get the ferry to Isle of Man. That would be quite handy for me actually. Um, yeah, so hopefully we'll get news on uh, that with Josh. I think it was it. I think Dan Wordsworth was actually sent off in this game, wasn't he? Quite early on, which mm. is why they, they struggled a little bit. Um, Taylor Charters, um, uh, I, I you know what? I've just realised I don't think I've properly updated this, have I? I haven't updated Taylor's prop- thing properly. I do apologise. It's not saved what I put in. Um, <laughs> basically, yeah, Taylor Charters essentially uh, came on as a sub in the game against AFC Telford this weekend. Uh, the weekend, didn't he? So one-one uh, draw for them. Another good result. They're up, still up right up there at the top of the league, aren't they? So yeah, bang in the mix. It's a, it's quite a good little race in that division. So yeah, plenty of opportunity for him. I'm sure he'll get plenty more starts and sub appearances. Yeah, and do you want to tell us all about Tristan Abrahams at the weekend, Dan? Yeah, well, we mentioned that his uh, manager had sort of set him a bit of a challenge, hadn't he? You know, to yeah. to force it, and he uh, he responded with a, a goal in the three-one win at Dover. Now Dover aren't. Over at a shambles, to be quite yeah. honest. There, but they've just... not been getting battered recently, they have. They? They've no, few, no, they've they, they they tightened up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but uh, it was quite a smart little uh, lob over the keeper from, wasn't it? From just on the edge of the area, area. Yeah, just as he was getting into the area, he sort of just. I think he took it quite early and it caught the keeper out a little bit. It was really, really smart little finish for him. Mm. Um, they were supposed to play Boreham Wood uh, last night, but that game was. Um, Postponed because they're involved in the FA Cup still, Boreham Wood. Yeah, Everton tomorrow night, isn't yeah. it? I think. I just hope the Toffees batter them, quite mm. frankly. Um, 
Manny Manpala, he came on as a 73rd-minute sub for uh, the Terrors, Weymouth, that is, uh, at the weekend. But he wasn't able to get them back into the game as they went down to a 1-0 defeat to tabletop as Stockport County. It looks like Stockport are nailed on to come up, doesn't it, at the moment? Mm-hmm. It's just sort of a bat. I think you've got... Is it, uh, Who's behind them? Is it Chesterfield and um, Wrexham? Wrexham are in the mix, now? yeah. Yeah, so it's tight. But good, good to see what we call proper clubs up there this year. Yeah, it's a nice mix. You always like to have one, like a new club. Like, oh, that's, that'll be interesting seeing them. Yeah, now and again. But... but you don't want, I mean, in recent years, it has mostly been a lot of new clubs. And mm. and this is not meant in any way disrespectful to them. But when you look at the grounds that are coming up, you do think to yourself, are they ready for league football sometimes? Yeah. Not picking anyone out here, Barrow. Um, or Sutton. Yeah, well, Sutton, yeah. Well, Sutton's got space to expand there as well. I think they were yeah, yeah. doing a bit of work, but it, it's been delayed a little bit, I think, by looks things. Well, let's get on to the important stuff now that, then, Dan. Let's talk about the match reviews. And Christ, mm. two, two good games to review, isn't it? Uh, mm. As I said before, weeks a long time in football, and uh, uh, Brunton Park, it must feel like a decade, or decades, this week have passed. Uh, obviously... Returning to the hot seat for the first time in 16 years, Paul Simpson, he's already surpassed quite a few of his expectations, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. And the turnaround he's performed in that short space of time, he's made a team that looked down and out with no confidence into a side. It's battling for every ball and looks like they're going to fight right up to the final whistle to try and not concede a goal. That's the one thing that's really stood out in these two games. And It's early days, isn't it, Dan? But it's, 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 a, good, it's a good base to start from, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we're, we're not expecting champagne football and 4-0 wins instantly, but, you know, he's he's picked a formation. He's sort of gone 3-4-1-2, hasn't he? And yeah. he's, uh, you know, he's took the decision to drop Mellish back into defence where he's, he's put two half-decent performances in, hasn't he? You know, yeah, uh, We'll cover that in a minute, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he's, he's picked a formation that seems to work for the players we've got at the moment. And... We we haven't had a lot of the ball in the two games, but we've been quite good when we've had the ball. I think yeah. would be fair. Yeah, to say. yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with that. I mean, you mentioned there not much of the ball, but possessions that show. I mean, against Orient, we had forty one percent to Orient's fifty nine. Obviously, Orient played a lot of the game with well, most of the second half with ten men. Yeah, but we're still quite heavily involved in the game. Whereas the Rochdale game, we only had thirty two percent possession, less than a third, mm. but. We, we created plenty of chances, you know. I mean, obviously, Rochdale created a lot more chances. 23 shots, of which only seven were on target. A lot of pot shots from them, to be fair, and quite a few blocks yeah. going, wasn't there? But, uh, but yeah, no, it's it, 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 two fantastic games, I think it's fair to say. Um, well, should we, should we get on to the goals then, Dan? We'll talk about the uh, the goal, I suppose I should say, for the for the yeah. Orient game first. We'll talk about the Orient game, uh, but then we'll go into a bit more depth on the Rochdale game. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Jamie Devitt obviously came to the starting lineup, and as did uh, Christian Dennis. And the instant impact that the two of them made was was there to be seen on the first goal, wasn't it, Dan? I mean, yeah, definitely. Brilliant bit of time. Dennis did really well to win the ball deep in his own half, and then played it forward to Devitt. It actually, looked like he slightly overhit the pass, and it was getting away from Devitt. But that's the kind of play he is. He's clever, and he just stuck a, a left foot in just to send Patrick away down the, the left, and he still had a lot to do. You know, he still he still had a good 30, 40 yards to run got into the box and when you get into that position with Patrick you, you just have this little bit of belief don't you that he's, he's going to get mm. a shot away and get a chance and he did well to turn his defender and um, 
he hit quite a quick and low shot, didn't he? I think he just caught the keeper out a little bit. I don't think he was expecting I thought, him I, to... I think I think the keeper watching it would probably be a little bit disappointed. Possibly. I, I But if you look back at it, he doesn't get much backlifting at all, does he? He's, mm. He almost stabs mm. it into the back of the net. And that, I think yeah. that's what's called the keeper. I, that, I think, that's I, helped it, definitely, yeah. yeah I, I think a, a keeper of Vigarou's quality, I agree with you. I think he probably would be looking back thinking, I should have done better with that, really. I should have anticipated it a little bit more. But... um. But yeah, what a brilliant start. I mean, I, I said I was at Old Trafford watching Man United against Watford and I got an, an alert through on my phone when he went in and I was like the only person in the away and going, yes, yes, get in there. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, fantastic. I mean, the only other real major incident to, to probably pick out from this is the, the red card. I mean, we didn't get to see the first booking on the highlights, did we? But when you look back at it, I don't think Archibald can complain too much, can he, about this record? No, not really. No, especially when you've just been booked literally, what, 90 seconds earlier, was it? Yeah, or and then you're flying into one of those. It's one of those ones yeah. where Mellish has gone and just boot it away. And he's, uh, I'm not saying Mellish has been clever, but he's basically done it so he's like, well, if you're going to go in for a tackle, you're going to foul me, basically. Yeah, I don't think he's yeah. looking to get him sent off. I think he's looking to maybe get a foul to relieve the pressure. But the lad sort of got in, not studs up so much, but he caught him, hasn't he? And I don't think he could really argue with it. But, uh, I mean, Orient had a few chances later on, though. When you look, look at the highlights, you know, there a few chances that could have equalised. And uh, one key moment was uh, that Simmer actually gave Skelton a bit of credit for, didn't he? He was bringing on Toby Shasilva later on in the game because I think he was looking potentially at someone else, Simmer. And I think Gav said, well, you know, they're, they're quite a big threat on set of pieces. Toby might be a better option to bring on because he might win stuff in the air. And he cleared one off the line, didn't he? So Indeed, indeed. Goes to show, you know, and there's a lot of people being critical of Gavin Skelton recently, haven't they? So, um, you know, it just shows he, he can have positive impacts on the team. There you go. I, I, I think Gav gets a little bit uh, too much yeah, I'd, I'd abuse. He's, he's a cracking lad. He's not one manager has had a bad word to say about him. Yeah. And that speaks volumes to me. Yeah, I mean, when I was coming back after the, uh, the Swindon game, I was listening on the radio, and it's funny that um, <laughs> there was they were obviously speaking to a lot of people after the game, and I think one of them who came on was uh, someone saying basically, well, people are talking about Gavin Skelton, why are He's a problem. And I think Paul was talking to me a little bit, and he goes, so, so you're a Carlisle fan, uh, Dave, or whatever he was called. I was like, no, no, I'm a Workington fan. <laughs> he was basically <laughs> bitter about what happened with Skelton in his second, very short second spell as manager. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. So, you know, just happens sometimes, something like that, doesn't it? Um, well, yeah, not much to report on the Orient game. of that fantastic away following, wasn't it? Over 700, well, just about seven. Was it dead on 700, actually? They said it was dead on 700. Mm. People I know who went seem to think it could have been more, but, mm. you know, we'll, we'll take the 700. 700 to London in the form we were is impressive, yeah. full stop. I mean, bear in mind, obviously, before cinema was announced, I think we'd sold about 300 or something, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. So, to, for, for basically... Maybe maybe you would have had a hundred buy-in on the day for another three hundred to essentially decide. Oh, I'm going to go to London now for the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant, brilliant support. Um, so yeah, fantastic, great start, and you know, Simmer really seemed to get the fans on side and get the, the, the players on side straight away. So let's move on to the Rochdale game then, Dad. Um, I wasn't at this one. You were, so you, you might want to run us through the goals from your viewpoint from being sat in the stand for this. Yeah, uh, the the first one just. Came off a, a nothing free kick, didn't it? Yeah. We got we got a free kick. I think Patrick uh, won it. It was very. It looked a bit soft, to be honest. From where I was. Yeah, but I, I was surprised it was given our way when he went down. Actually, I thought it was going to, going to go the other way at one point. Mm. But no, uh, David just puts the ball in. Keeper comes for it, and you think our oh, keeper's got it. Then all of a sudden he's flapped at it, and 
Amari's just there and bang, it's in the back of the net, you know. It's like, oh, fair play, we'll take that all day long, you know. Absolutely, yeah, just good strikers in That's what, 5-11 and 11 now for Amari? 5-11, yeah. yeah. I, mean, we, I mean, we we did say he's more of a winger, didn't we? But actually, mm. he's, he's looking like a striker at the moment, the way he's playing. He drifts out wide a bit, but he's, he's playing like a striker. Fair play to the lad. Mm. But yeah. Toby's goal, though, this is the one that everyone's <laughs> going about because the, the noise when that went in on, on the commentary and on the, the thing was incredible. Yeah. No, it was just, you know, one minute we're, we're defending deep. Mel- Mellish gets it. And instead of just kicking it out and keeping the pressure on, he sort of takes it to the corner, doesn't he? And he looks up and he sees Shaw Silver and he just... I'm just going to launch it up to him and see what happens, you know. At least it's on the halfway line. We can come out and mm. next thing, Toby's rolling his man, holding him off and manages to keep hold of it, cuts to the right, gets past him and slots it under the keeper and absolute mayhem ensues. It was, uh, <laughs> it, was it was like a longer distance version of Patrick's on Saturday, almost, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But he, yeah. he, he cut across more central. Yeah. You know, they were both, they both cut in to use the right to finish, you know. There were, but uh, no, it was a fantastic goal. And, you know, I mean, I don't think when you look at Shaw Silver, he's quite a big lad, you know, he's a bit of a unit. And I don't think people would expect him to score that sort of goal. So it was, uh, you know, good yeah. to see. It was, it was fantastic to see, wasn't it? I mean, he, he struggled a little bit in some of his performances since he's arrived. But like, what was that, two and four, two and five, something like that mm-hmm. now? So. And he's another who's just, you know, he's been coming off the bench, especially mm. for Sutton, hasn't he? You know, so. Yeah, he's still building his know, fitness as well, to be fair, isn't he? So a lot of the players that we've brought in are starting to get proper fitness from playing more now, aren't they? So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with that goal as well, I mean, you mentioned there, but you've, I think a lot of credit has to go to Mellish for showing a bit of composure there at the back and taking that touch to take it round O'Keefe. And then. You say sort of a, I don't. You didn't. To be fair, you didn't say it was like just a, a launch forward. He, he's looked up and seen where Shasilva is, hasn't he? And mm. he's thought, I'm going to put it into an area to give him a chance to challenge for it at the very least. And he hit it perfectly. It, to be honest, he'd probably try it another you know hundred times, and he maybe only get it five or six times right because yeah. the air he put it into was perfect. And Toby, full credit to him that there was about two or three times watching it. I thought he's lost it. Here. But he just kept hold of it and he kept going. And, and the, the the big bit for me is if you watch right at the end, just before he takes the shot, lovely bit of feet work. Really lovely bit of feet work just to get it out of his feet, get it away from the defender and yeah, give himself yeah. the space to shoot. And then, like you said, it was just, it was mad. I, I love the the pitch side blue stuff they've done on the, the official YouTube channel this season. It's been a real positive, hasn't it? To see something a little bit different from the club in terms of that. And the, the scenes in the paddock when that all went off was was mad um, uh, Greg Bulban obviously is a friend of both of ours uh, he messaged me and said uh, bright yellow jacket there you see I told you you can spot me whenever these things happen every game <laughs> he goes to he wears the brightest colour jacket he can just so he can spot himself on the TV or in photos yeah. and stuff but yeah fantastic I'm, I'm gutted I wasn't there watched it on the iFollow um, gotta say it's, it's the first time I've watched a Tuesday night iFollow game and for a long long time when I thought to myself oh, not thought to myself, oh, I, I really, I could do a refund from this. It's been that bad. It was that enjoyable. It genuinely was really, yeah. really good. Um, let's go on to some of the sort of general talking points then, Dan. Um, yeah, obviously, you sort of touched on it slightly before, but changes to the formation and the team selection. Not a massive surprise that Simo didn't waste any time in putting his own stamp on the team selection. I mean, changing it to a back three, 
it's proved an inspired move, hasn't it, really? And the, and the way he's used that back three in particular, because there's been some combinations of that by Millen that just didn't work, did they? And getting a bit of experience further up the pitch as well, I think made a massive difference too as well, yeah, because we've, yeah. we've been quite light on that in the, in the attacking and midfield areas this season. So on that point, obviously Dennis and Devitt coming into the team, it just it baffles you why Millen just didn't do this from the start. I know he said obviously they're not fit and stuff, but get sixty minutes out of them. If he'd done that yeah, yeah. by now, they'd be up to match fitness, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. The no, um, I, I've been especially impressed with Dennis. I mean, I know he hasn't scored yet, but his his movements and his running, yeah. and there was a couple of times last night where we got shots off, and he's running in for the rebound, and yeah, the keepers held it. In one game, a keeper's going to spill it, and he's going to be there yeah, just to poke yeah. it in, and that's something we've not had all season. He's got and some he, lovely he, touches as well, hasn't he? That's he looks a really about. intelligent player. Yeah. He, he reminds me a little bit of when Alessandra had his purple patch. Yeah, and I think you know, actually, in the, in the style he plays and the way he runs and way he does stuff, I'm not saying he's as good as him, but there's a little bit of a Danny Graham about him. Danny Graham yeah, was quite yeah. underrated in the way he would link play, and he would do stuff like that. And I think there's a little bit about him in the way he plays. I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying he's as good as Danny Graham, of course I'm not, but it just there's a similar sort of style to the way he does things. And mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think, I think once he gets a goal, he's going to get a hat. Like, well, not, maybe not a hat for this season, but he's going to get a fair few for us, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think he looks a really good player. And Simmer's done the right thing, getting him in to build his fitness up, as he has done with Jamie Devitt. Managed to get, what, 60 minutes out of him at the weekend. He took a knock at the weekend, and I think he got a kick. And that's the reason why he was brought off a little bit earlier yeah. and planned. At the weekend uh, on Tuesday night, was it seventy minutes he managed to get under his belt? I think or something yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, just working his way up. He did look knackered by the time that happened, but yeah. he's playing a little bit deeper than the first time he's with us. But he's, you can see it's there, can't you? Just there's a few nice little passes, like and where he's picking up the ball and he, he, he wants the ball all the time. Yes. He always did. You know, he wants the ball and he, he's he's clever with his use of it. You know, and he, he's actually got quite a, a good close touch. You know, there was a couple yeah. of times when when the player got quite cramped and he'd put a couple of touches in and, you know, just eke the ball out and send someone on the way. And, you know, it was... and he's making Guy look better as well. Guy's yeah, looking like more like definitely. the playground because, because Guy knows he's got something that I can trust. I can give him the ball yeah, yeah. and he'll pick a pass out. I can do the simple stuff here, win yeah. it back and give it to him when I want. I mean, Guy has looked a lot better. Obviously he picked up possibly a knock in that game. Hopefully he'll be okay for this weekend's game. But, um, but yeah, fantastic to get another you know, hour or so under the belt of those two and hopefully as we <coughs> know, they're not gonna need to be, be coming off in games. They'll be playing the full ninety where possible. So mm. really good. I mean in terms of the formation, we we were you surprised that he switched to the formation he did? We were always talking about four three three, weren't we? Yeah, I think four three three was the obvious one when you look at our players because the problem at the moment with three four two is we're all a bit wondering about the sort of right wing back because Riley had had a nightmare game. Whelan doesn't suit wing back. No. Obviously, seen seen it and mellowed out long term. And but no, uh, Riley's Riley's looked like a, a man possessed in the two games. You know, he's he's uh, he's looked like his old self. You almost wonder if under Millen he had this sort of this feeling of the manager doesn't rate me. That's the yeah. reason I'm not getting picked because obviously he didn't get picked for so long when we were struggling in yeah. games. It was just weird that he just wouldn't use him and he. Obviously, mentioned oh, he's not big and physical enough, but it was like, well, we're not. It doesn't matter if we're winning the physical battles if we're not actually doing anything with the ball. Yeah, yeah. But he, he's he's had that real drive, as he said, and he looks a different player now. He, as you say, playing like a man possessed in, in a couple of those games. 
Speaking of playing like a man possessed, let's talk about the the man himself, Big Fucking John. I mean, mm. Viva Ginaldo. I mean, you talk about players going to hell and back. I mean, <laughs> John's been been to attacking back, hasn't he? Now, <laughs> yeah. and he's he's sliding to the back three to feature in his original position of centre back, and he looked like he'd never been away from it, didn't he? He looked like he looked like oh, this is my position. I don't know why I was never picked here in the first place. In- the thing that suits him for free in the back, he can run with the ball. And if he's in a two and he runs out with the ball, you're exposing yourself straight away. But because we've got three, there's two there. And we've got a bit of nous in the middle with Guy and Devitt. So yeah. if Mellish is storming forward, Guy will maybe just drop back a little bit. you know. And There was a couple of times last night where he brought the ball out and it was just like, yeah, that suits you being on the left side. It, it, it's not even just that as well. I think it's also, it, it, he, he's very good. Uh, one thing is, I think probably he did quite a lot in the National League when he was with Gated. He's very good at stepping out of defence to go and win the ball and just nick yeah, it. He, yeah. And he did it. As you mentioned, he did it a lot on, on Tuesday night. He was coming yeah, out and yeah, he was just, a few times. just nicking it in and he took the bit yeah, of the just pressure put, off. Just putting the foot in. I mean, it doesn't always go to a Carlisle shirt, but it... It disrupts them more than anything, yeah, you know. Yeah. And like you said, you've you've got because you're playing a back three, you've got two centre backs there who that who can cover and guy can drop in when needs be as well. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fantastic to to see how well he played and how much it meant to him as well. And he, like I said, he was just kicking and booting everything that came near him, as did another the other two defenders, which we'll talk about in a second. But I mean, the question you've got to ask is a little bit about Chris Beach's judgment in this, haven't you? And he completely dismissed it. He said he's not a set defender anymore. He's a midfielder. I've always felt, as we've gone along, he's always capable of doing a job in defence. I don't think he ever played that badly in defence for us in that first season, you know? Not he, really, no. He played at left-back a lot. That's the thing a lot of people seem to forget. He didn't actually play at centre-back very much at all, from memory. And it probably didn't help that he had Jared Branfoy alongside him. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Jared Bran- at times, and, you know, Jared Branfoy was a cut above anybody we've had for, for years. So, you know, fantastic and lo- lo- love to see the curry pick, didn't we, last night? Yeah, well. balance on his head. Balance on his head. I'm, I'm going to get a flag done with that on. What, what, <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. Um, well, uh, well, I was gonna, we were going to talk to Sean Patrick next, but actually, let's, let's cover the rest of the defence first, actually, shouldn't we? Maybe. Um, the, the one that a lot of people were raving about, and quite rightly after the game on Tuesday, was Morgan Feeney. I think these last couple of games have been a real sort of coming of age for him, hasn't it, in terms of his defensive mm. performances and responsibility. You've been a big fan from the start, though, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It's, like, like I sound like a broken record now, but a fit Morgan Feeney would have been nowhere near Brunton Park. Yeah. You know, he's, he's had terrible luck, but uh, now he's he's got fitness. He's, you know, I've, I realise today he's actually got an option on his contract, hasn't he? I mean, I think that's going to be that's going to be triggered. Whatever happens, I, I would rather offer him a new deal, a longer deal. Oh yeah, I think what we'll say is, look, we're going to trigger you for another year anyway. Shall we negotiate yeah. a two-year one instead? Yeah, yeah. give you better money, basically. Yeah, because and, and again, sure. again, similar similar to the likes of Tanner and that. Say, look, if you perform and the club comes in, we're not going to stand in your way. Yeah. You know. He's got a bit of the Danny Lives who's about him in the way he throws himself at everything. And he, mm, he, yeah. For a young lad, he's still quite vocal and organising, isn't he? I think he's got a little bit more quality than Danny ever had, and that's not a slight on Danny. Danny was a terrific League 2 and, and League 1 defender. 
but you get the feeling with Feeney, he could still potentially play in the championship at some point. I think the way the way just he plays. Looking ahead to maybe start next season, a back three of Feeney on the right, Mellish on the left, and then a proper experienced centre back. You know, like a a Kev Gray type in the middle. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad three, would it? C- certainly not. No, wouldn't it? And you know that that's. That... That's something potentially to look to. I mean, well, John's tied down for at least another year, isn't he? I think it might even be an option on his, on top of his uh, extra year he's still got. But yeah, I, I, I think for me, Feeney, let, just just get it. I mean, it's one of those ones, obviously, with the option, we don't really need to rush into sorting it, do we, I suppose? As long as we just say we're triggering the option, that's yeah. done, and then we can go and negotiate a longer deal, hopefully, for him, because... You know whether we go down or not, he's a terrific player, I think. And I've got, I've got to say, looking back again, it's 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 baffling, isn't it, that he was made a scapegoat after that Forest Green game to bring Simeu in. Who we'll talk about Simeu in a minute, actually, because you know there's a little change of tone on the way he's played as well. But it, it, me and you both said at the time, and we scored an own goal again, but he couldn't have done anything about it. But why he was dropped after that game, I, I just don't get it. I really don't. No, no. It was a weird one. And it came full circle because he ended up, when McDonald got his injury, he was back in the team two yeah. weeks later. Yeah, which is, you know, that, so, that's an awkward one for the manager. I've just dropped you, but, but I'm going to have to yeah. throw you in now anyway because yeah. <laughs> of the injuries. But uh, yeah, but yeah, he was fantastic. He kicked and headed everything. I, I tell you, that, that lad would boot his granny into the paddock if it meant keeping a clean sheet. That, that's how yeah. committed he was. Brilliant. And that, I'll tell you something. He did a, he did a little video for uh, buying tickets on uh, Tuesday. I forgot just how scousy he oh, is. Oh, he is proper. Be- he's proper, proper scousy, scouse, scouse. isn't he? He's yeah, brutal yeah. scouse, which is very, very sort of thick accent. It's uh, yeah, it's did thick dyed in that. the wool scouse, isn't it? You when know, I heard it, like... I was like, bloody hell, that really is a strong accent, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? And yeah. I've been living down here for a while now. Um, yeah, well, we've touched on the other two defenders, so let's get on to the third one. And probably time for a little bit of an apology, especially for me. I mean, you've probably not been quite as critical as I have of him, maybe. I'm not sure, but... You know, we were quite dismissive of him in the last few weeks, uh, Dinel Simeon. You know, we, we sort of said, you know, 1.5 million for that? Are you kidding me? You know, he's, he's nowhere near good enough for League Two. Or, you know, he's having to learn on the job and he's he's not getting up to speed quickly enough. But, I mean, tell you what, he's not quite at that level of defender yet. But last two games, well, especially the Tuesday night game I watched, he's been fantastic, hasn't he? He really has. Yeah, he's stepped up he, a level, hasn't he? He was really good last night. He was really, really good. Uh you know, it's it's strange because obviously Millen brought him in as his number one target, and it just it didn't really happen under Millen. No. <laughs> Millen goes and it he transforms. You know, it's, yeah. it's I think it's kind it's of strange. He, he sort of he's sort of sitting as that. Is he was he the central of the the three or was he on the right really? As well? I think he was more on the right, wasn't he? From what I saw, because mm. he, he took a few throw in. So Feeney's there in the middle organising, and I think I wonder if that's taken a bit of the pressure off him because he was almost. Trying to be the senior defender, wasn't he, Simeon? Yeah. Even though he's what I mean, what Feeney's twenty three, Mellish is twenty four, and he's nineteen. There's a bit of sort of like, all right, calm down, mate. You just stick to playing your football, get that right, and then you can show what kind of a leader you are. And I think that's helped. And there's, there's still a few shaky moments. There's still a few moments you're like, you know, you don't need to play football that much. But the amount of times watching last night, and he just booted the ball out of play, and I was like, yes, that's what we want to see. No, yeah. no messing about. Just get rid. Don't don't be playing any this fancy stuff. You're not playing under twenty threes anymore. And he and he seems to be getting it. I tell you what, I love his passion. I really, really do. I was, re- you know, I'll apologise alone for, for, for seeing that from him because if, if anyone's not seen it, 
go and watch the Pitchside Blues video of the celebrations after Shasilva's goal because he's going nuts, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he's absolutely loving it. He's like in in with the fans in the paddock, and he's giving all fist pumps to the Warwick. He he's got a real passion about him, and that's what you want to see from a lone player, isn't it? That's you want to see them look like they care. And I don't think anyone has ever thought he hasn't looked like he's cared since he came in. He's just not had the quality yet, and now we're starting to see it. He's, he's got to do it consistently. But there's clearly a good footballer there now. We we, we can see that, can't we? Yeah. Uh, in terms of the individual players, then Dan, anyone else you want to pick out from the performance for for a mention? Uh, Jack Armour's come back in and done all right. I was just about to say, Jack Armour's looked a bit more his old self, you know. Uh, And you you know what? I've just realised we've just spent, what, the last 10 minutes or so talking about the Rochester game. We've not even mentioned Mark Howard, who was man of the match officially. I I personally would have given it to Phoenix because I thought just what he did. And Howard made some great saves. But there's an argument that was a little bit wasteful finishing by Rochdale with a couple of them at least. But yeah. But, I mean, what a difference having an experienced keeper has made. I mean, since he's come in, he's been oh, yeah, excellent, yeah. Howard, hasn't he? He's one of the ones... Do, do, you, do you look to tie him down for next season at the end of the season when, it, when it's up? I mean, he's, what, 36, 37 now? It's a tough one to judge, isn't it, really? You'd like him to stay, but it, he, he might not want to. He's a more Southern-based lad, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, I think for him, it's, it's, yeah. you know, he's getting you know at least one more... Football league season under his belt before he finishes, I guess, maybe. I don't, I'm don't. i not 100% certain. Um, I mean, let's, well, I might as well finish off with this bit and talk about the atmosphere for the game then, because obviously you were there. What was the feeling in the crowd? What, what was it like, you know, arriving at Brunton Park and, you know, the feeling among the fans before Simmons returned? It, it was strange, because the last sort of couple of Tuesday night games, I've walked down and, you know, there's hardly been anyone walking down. <laughs> no. But the, but there was like groups of young lads, you know, threes and sixes and fives, and you know you could see they were buzzing. And you can't beat Brunton Park under the floodlights, and you know, and and there's a decent crowd in and a bit of noise, and the team are having a go. You know, it's there's nothing bad, is there? So no, it was good. It's fantastic season. Like I said, one of the biggest um, Tuesday night uh, tennises in the league. We've had it in a long time, isn't it? Actually, what, just yeah, over five thousand yeah. home fans, and I mean. Quite often, you're lucky to get 4,000 for Tuesday night home games. I mean, that, that Port Vale game I, I came up to, that was, what, maybe 3,300, something like that for home fans. It was not good at yeah. all. That and That's that's the difference that having someone in that's popular <laughs> makes, isn't it, really? It really does give the fans a lift and they, they can believe in the team. So, yep, brilliant. Six points out of six. Two clean sheets in a row. It's four clean sheets in a row for Simmer, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Got two, two carried over from his last spell 16 years <laughs> yeah. ago. Can't be many managers who've done that. What, four clean sheets in a row over a 16-year period? Yeah. Quite incredible on that one. But yeah, so uh, brilliant. And, and hopefully we'll be carrying out that on this weekend against Oldham. And we'll be here to preview the Oldham uh, game in just a second. And we'll just take a break. This is John Mellish. You listen to the Brunton Bugle. There he is, big John. We got a new one done, didn't we, Dan? Told you I'd get some players, some new blood. Brilliant. You, you literally grabbed him as he was uh, leaving the players' house. <laughs> A yeah. Warwick Road and just got to quickly record one. Cheers, John, for for that little, uh, little clip. Um, we're all big fans of you here, so you, you, you know you know you're right to to give us that. Um, yeah. So uh, just to remind everyone, you can subscribe to the podcast on all good podcast apps, whether it's you know Spotify, Acast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Um, and if you click subscribe, every time a new episode comes out, it'll come straight into your little inbox on the app, and you can listen to it straight away. Um, also, if you can give us a review on any of those uh, apps, I think it's Spotify and um, 
uh, sorry, um, Apple Podcasts are the two main ones that have reviews. And we've got, I think we've got five stars, I think, on Apple Podcasts. It's very kind of everyone. Thank you for giving us those positive reviews. Um, also, you can follow us on social media at Brunton Bugle on Twitter. Search for the Brunton Bugle on Facebook and click like. Um, we're also on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group and the Cumberlands.net message board. And as I always say, if you want to do it the old fashioned way, drop us an email, bruntonbugle at gmail.com. Uh, as, as ever, the second half of the show this season is being sponsored by the Carl United Sports Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Carl United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston to Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events and sports games and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of their preview section of season two. You can find out more about the Carlisle London Bunch at their website, carlislelondonbunch.org. And we've got the recommended pub for this weekend, Dan. It's the Rifle Range Inn. Sounds dangerous, that, doesn't it, really, having a pub at a Rifle <laughs> Range? Um, that's on Burnley Lane in Chatterton, Oldham, uh, the postcode OL90BP. So that's the London Branch meeting point for the game. So if you want to head there, I think away fans, I'm guessing, are going to be welcome there. And there's going to be hordes down for this one, isn't there, Dan? I think it's fair to say. Um, so yeah, uh, behind enemy lines. So... A uh, little bit different this weekend because we're recording on Wednesday. I'm recording the Behind Enemy Lines thing on Thursday. So we haven't actually done it yet, but I'm going to drop it in <laughs> afterwards. It's a bit, little bit of a you know, arse about face way of doing it, but there you go. Um, we spoke to the guys from the Boundary Park Alert System podcast. It was Andy that spoke to us this time. I think uh, it was another guy. I think it was maybe Matt or something like that. I think we spoke to last time. Um, what are we, discuss- we going to discuss? Well, we're going to discuss the Shed Erection, of course. That's the only thing you can discuss, isn't it? How, how he's how he's turned things around at Boundary Park. We can also ask about if there's a temporary truce in terms of the issues with the owner and what the what the hopes are for the future for the club because they've been in a bit of turmoil for a while now. So uh, here's the chat that I had with Andy uh, yesterday, basically, as we're recording now. So here's the chat I had. Andy, we're here to talk about all things Oldham Athletic, and there's only really one place to start, isn't there? The Shes Erection. <laughs> what an incredible job John Sheridan has done in the six weeks or so since he returned for his sixth spell, I mean, that includes caretaker spells as boss. Surely you could not have imagined he'd have done as well as he has done so far. No, it's it's been a bit, I'll be honest, it's been a bit of a surprise if if I'm brutally honest. You know, he's uh, there's been, this is the third Chesurrection. He's had two other Chesurrections when we were in League One and he's, he's come in in January and managed to keep us up from quite uh, difficult circumstances. But this one looked... Really, really bad, like the worst. And I didn't think with the squad that we've got that even even Sheridan would get a tune out of them. But it's been quite remarkable. We're unbeaten in seven, which I can't remember the last time we've gone unbeaten in seven. It's years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> he's done an amazing job. I still fear that we haven't quite got the squad to maintain it. But to have got us back into the pack... You know, Scunthorpe now looks stranded, don't yeah, they? Yeah, so they look got us back into the pack where we're only, you know, maybe a win and you jump up a couple of places has been remarkable. But then, look at you guys. <laughs> Two on the bounce. You've done your own resurrection, haven't oh, you, by yeah, getting Paul the, Simpson in? <laughs> the return of the king himself, it's incredible. He's, uh, yeah, he's done a, a remarkable job in the space of a week, not just in terms of turning around how we play, but turning around how the fans feel about the club as well. There's such a positivity. We, I mean, it looks like we're bringing a 1,000 down for the game this weekend. Well, if we sold a 1,000 tickets, it'll probably be well over that, I'd imagine. So, quite incredible, isn't it? Um, I will say, as we mentioned before we uh, we, we came on area, um, 
we briefly at Carlisle enjoyed the Sheridan experience three years ago. And although he can be quite a curmudgeon character at times, I think famously you might remember when we beat you on Boxing Day 6-0. Yeah. He did a post-match interview, which is like legendary now because he was just furious. He was just angry. And we were like, no one could understand why. And rumours came out afterwards that basically the players were really celebrating the dressing room. And he was saying, what the hell are you lot celebrating for? You're only 10th in League 2 or <laughs> something like that. He wasn't, was not happy to leave. I mean, he's got a general knack of getting results though, doesn't he? What, what is this link he's got with Oldham? Because he, you know, as soon as he was appointed, you could see the fans suddenly like, oh, wow, this, this, this could actually potentially help us a bit at least. He, he, his, his affection um, for the, he has, he has a genuine affection for our club. Yeah. I do believe that. And, and it's, and it's reciprocated. Um, we feel, a lot towards him. He was a fabulous player for us at the end of his career. Um, he was a caretaker, like you said, on a couple of occasions. Then um, he was the manager when we last had a top half finishing in any division we've been in. We haven't been in the top half of any division we've competed in since 2009. It's astonishing, <laughs> that, isn't it? 13 years in the bottom half of every division. And so he's the, he was the manager who last got us into the playoffs. Um that ended sourly, and then he's come back on two two resurrections where he's kept us up from from very difficult positions. So he just has that. He just has something about him about our club. You know, he, he, the Swindon Swindon fans were giving us pelters when he came back because they thought it was a terrible appointment. And um, where else had he been recently? Where Wigan, uh, I think, they were less interested. Wasn't it? Yeah. Where was that? Sorry, Wigan, I think. Yeah, so that's right, Wigan. Yeah, I was, I was thinking he, he went back to Chesterfield because he left you for Chesterfield yeah, for a second did, spell, yeah. didn't he? I was trying to work out whether that, whether because that, he got sacked there, but yeah, no, it was definitely Wigan. So those two particularly uh, having a pot, but we sort of knew he would fit with us. Um, yeah, and he's he's really got he's he's really got us organised, and you know that's the thing he's done. Um, we had Keith Kerr before that. You'll know him, won't you? <laughs> yeah, we certainly do. One of our hosts on the pod, uh, Dan, is not Keith's biggest fan, to say the least. I, I'm on the fence about him, really, as is Mike, who's one of our other hosts. Uh, but, yeah, Dan never really liked him, to be honest. And, and he's still getting blamed a lot for the situation we're in because of a, a ridiculous bonus scheme that he apparently was the one who came up with the idea for it. But the club went along with it, so... Can't really grumble that much. <laughs> is that right? What, and, it, and it still exists today with your players? No, no, no. It's basically, we've spent the last few years clearing those players out, essentially, to clear the decks because we got in quite a bit of financial trouble. It's a long story that our fans certainly know about it, but it would take a lot, long time to explain here on air. Yeah, no, there, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, you, you probably, well, we're, we're in, this, in the same sort of parlour state with, you know, ownership of land and stands, not connected club and all that nonsense. But, yeah, I mean, Keith, Keith Curl, early on this season, he, you know, he just persisted with the, with the three five two formation that you guys obviously are uh, familiar with, um, even though it was self evident to the most obvious lay person that we didn't have the personnel to play that formation. Um, and then we had a, a caretaker uh, for a short period, who's one of the owners' mates, um, who was totally and utterly out of his depth. Um, you know, doing team huddles in the middle of the pitch when you're getting pumped three 0 away at Harrogate. You know, um, so. All that Sheridan's done is he's come in, and from what I can see in the games I've attended, he's just organised us better. So there's there's two banks of four and and two stri- always two strikers, um, and we try and get the ball out wide and get it in the box. And it, it doesn't seem to be doesn't need to be complicated. It's working, no, you know. No, certainly not. Certainly not. I mean, as you sort of hinted already, this move to bring Sheridan back that happened because of the desperate situation you found yourselves in 
rock bottom of the league. And obviously we've seen Scunthorpe have been cast adrift now by the looks of things. But, but this all happened because of the horrendous management of your club by the owner, um, Abdallah, is it Les- Lesmagam? Is that, I've got that uh, right? Uh, Abdallah Lemzagam. Lemzagam, yeah. that's the one, right, okay. Um, there were a lot of protests about him quite recently, well, this season especially, and things like that, and some real sort of proactive activism. Has this move to bring Sheridan back sort of brought over a temporary truce to try and keep you in the league, or is it is it still rumbling in the background, that kind of thing? Well, yes, to a degree, there is a truce, um, but it, there were there were two events, really, that, that sort of brought about this. So we, we've got... Um, so on, on our podcast, the Boundary Park Alert System, we, we, we have on there representatives from our foundation, so that's our trust, our support trust, and also uh, an organisation called Push the Boundary, who are a... A uh, an, a fan leg or organisation, you know, an independent supporters group. In effect, we have them on the podcast each week, sort of talking about what they're up to. And um, we have been protesting. Um, there's been independent protests on the pitch, not endorsed by uh, the podcast or organisations. Yeah. Um, in order to remove the owner, we have been making it clear that we want the owner removed. Um, we have, uh, I personally accosted one of our directors away at Brentford in the League Cup and shoved the microphone in his face. You know, we've done we've done all sorts of stuff to try to uh, make our point clear. And eventually, through his legal advisors, he announced that he was uh, looking to sell the club, that he realised that uh, it was unfixable and he was on his way out. So that was the first sign that, you know, okay... He's accepting he's going to sell the club. This may be a protracted thing, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you don't sell clubs easily. So um, that was the first first action. Then um, the caretaker that they put in charge, who was hopelessly out of his debt from one of their mates, um, was, I think in seven games, picked up about three points or something like that. And when we got beat 3-0 away at Harrogate, that was, that was, we were then absolutely doomed to going down. There was no way we were going to stay up. And yeah. so the protests and the sort of vitriol was was you know at the same level, and so it's a desperate desperation move from the club. They think, well, what can we do to try and arrest this? So they get Sheridan in, and with the news that he's agreeing to sell, we've agreed a, we've agreed a temporary truce to get behind the team, so back the team to yeah. the end of the season, see if we can keep us in the football league. Because if he's going to sell the club, he's going to find it easier to sell a football oh, league club than he will a non league club. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we're saying the same thing with us at the moment. Our owners have been talking about potential investment and change of ownership for quite a while, and we had a protracted issue with Edinburgh Woolamill, which again, it would take too long to explain the full details of that on here, but that was a a, a fun ride for a few years, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the actual team itself then. Who, who would you say the, the key danger men for United fans to watch out for this weekend? Um. Well, it's, I guess it's interesting. So you, you'd be saying different different players earlier on in the season mm. to maybe now. I mean, I'm not the biggest. I don't know what you guys think of Hallam Hope. I'm not the biggest Hallam Hope fan, brutally honestly. He was um, he was hit and miss for us. He, I, I I quite liked him. I think he's a player who works well on the left of a front three. He wanted to play down the middle all the time with us. He was desperate to play down the middle. But was he? he always got shoved down on down left, and he looks so much better there. In fact, some of the best football he played for us was under John Sheridan. Funnily enough, <laughs> and he only well, had, what, she, six that, that's something Shez has said. I think did he score? Yeah. He, did he did he score like over ten goals for you in, in that season? Like sixteen I think goals. He, I think yeah, he got something like that. He did. Yeah, and he and he and well, he was helped by the fact he had Madison doing a lot of running up front, and we had Jerry Yates at the time of us. He's doing really well at Blackpool, and he's done well at Swindon, obviously. Yeah. in recent seasons, so that that yeah. did help things a bit. But yeah, he's one of those ones. Hope. I, 
some of our fans really didn't rate him and thought he was lazy and he did he didn't do enough. But I don't think he's ever been in there to be a goal scorer. He's always been a bit more of a link player. But well, that's that's the, that's the funny thing for me is is um, all season we've been he's played he scored about two goals in about twenty five games or something. You know he's been he, he's got he wears the number nine shirt and he is the, he's the least looking number nine I've ever seen. Yeah. He, he he can barely hold the ball up. Uh, he's not strong enough, given he's he's quite a big lad, you know, in terms of his size. Um, he doesn't win anything in the air. Uh, he, he's, he doesn't he doesn't look a striker to me. I don't know what he is, but he's not a striker. In the week at, at uh, Crawley, he was brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> he scored an absolute beauty from yeah, the corner of the box. Great goal, that, yeah. And then he set and then he set the second one up by holding it up and then laying it in the middle. So yeah, I I, I couldn't so. It, Based on the most very recent form, he he looked he looked probably our best player in the week. I think realistically, though, in terms of the genuine threat, Davis Keeler Dunn is probably mm, our most like likely player, sort of goal scorer. Um, again, he he's playing up front. In the last game, it's him and Hallam Hope up front. Funny thing is, I don't think either of them are actual strikers. Yeah. I think they're both <laughs> wingers or wider players. You know, like none of them are absolute bona fide strikers. We signed. A lad called Fondop, who was released by mm-hmm. Hartlepool, who Sheridan had had at, um, at Chesterfield, as a, he is a lump, so we could try and hold it up. <laughs> he, he played one game and he's injured for the rest of the season. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> so we're we're in we're in a bit of bother up front, if I'm honest. Um, Dylan Bahambula, you may well have come across that name before because it's one you don't forget. He scored an absolute cracker at your place yes, he did. last season. Um, and he, he he can score really really spectacular goals. He, he, after last season, he went to Middlesbrough on trial, and um, Neil Warnock had a look at him and decided he didn't fancy him in the summer. And so he came back, and we were all delighted he stayed, expecting to see him pick up you know carry on from last year. And he's been pretty rubbish actually, if I'm honest, this oh. season. He, he's gone missing. Um, but he, he, he Sheridan got started you know started to get a bit out of him, and then he got sent off. So he, I think. <laughs> I think his first game back is Saturday, so I, I think, think he could is, be yeah, in on Saturday. Probably, yeah. And he, having had three game rest, so with a bit of luck, he might for us at least he he might turn up and and show something. Um, yeah, those are our those are our attacking options basically, and those are the ones that are most likely to do some damage. Yeah, obviously you mentioned Hollow Hope already. We touched a little about him, but Nicky Adams also playing for you guys these days. He had a, a couple of really good seasons with the Blues. Um, He's a right back these days, though, isn't he? How's he doing? He was a right back. He's now a right winger. Is he back to right wing? <laughs> so, so he, he's. This is the difference. Is so Curl had him playing as a right wing back in a in a three five two that ended up you know a five three two when you're out of possession. So he was playing a defensive minded right side role. Sheridan in classic Sheridan style has gone. Well, the best thing you're what you're best at is crossing the ball. So I want you further up the pitch. And in the games I've seen. Um, particularly at um, Colchester away, which was last weekend, I went to that game. Um, Nicky Adams was the best player on the pitch for that game. He wasn't particularly great in the week. Hallam Hope was probably the best mm. player in the week. But um, every, you know, the one thing you, you can you can guarantee from, I actually thought his legs had gone earlier in the season. I thought I thought you know mm. he's about thirty five, and I thought we I thought he'd gone. But in the last few weeks, he's proved me wrong because he's been getting you know running up down that that touch line and getting some cracking balls in. And either foot as well, he's been swapping from right to left. And, and oh, he's great on that. That's one great thing about him when he was Vuz. It was a nightmare to defend against simply for the fact that you knew that he he potentially was going to go back onto his other foot and teams hated it. 
Absolutely yeah, hate yeah. It. I've forgotten one of our other attacking options. Is a guy called Topi Obidei, um, mm. who we've had before. Another Sheridan sort of uh, player gets some. He's he's not played professional football for two years. Last time in in League Two in France. Um, so we, we've been breaking him in slowly on this particular last few games. He, he played in the week. It wasn't brilliant, um, but he's you know, he can dribble and he can take players on. So. Yeah, I, I, I hope we cause you some trouble, you know, <laughs> this week. Yeah, I'm just, just checking through our squad there. In terms of ex-players for you, I think there's only a couple probably in there. I think Rod McDonald started his career with you, but I don't think he ever played a first-team game. And Louis Alessandro is the one that stands out. I'm not sure how many games he played for you guys. Do you think it was the start of his oh, career? Oh, well, I, I can't, yeah, Rod McDonald, I remember I remember the name. I couldn't tell you. Well, Louis, Louis Alessandro came through our, our youth oh. system Um and he was great. I loved Louis Alessandro at the time. It was him and Dean Smalley, another player that came through at a similar time. Um, and he was always good for a goal, uh, Louis. I, in fact, I, I probably wouldn't have sold him at the time because he was young. Mm. But, you know, he's had a good career in the lower leagues. You know, he did all right at Morecambe, didn't he? I think he went to Plymouth for a bit. Where else yeah. was he? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good little player. He's a very good technical footballer as well. He can hold the ball up. He can link play really good at that. Didn't score as many goals these days. Yeah. And he's, he's, to be honest, I don't think, have you made like one sub-appearance in the last couple of months? Because he's had a couple of injuries and we brought other players in, so he might not even feature at the weekend. But you know, yeah. he, he's one who, when he was first brought in by Chris Beach, our previous manager, he, he was so reliable. And, you know, when, when he played well, we played well, basically. But I think he's sort of, I wouldn't say he's winding down his career, but I think it, chances are he's probably going to be leaving in the summer, I think it's fair to say. Well, he must be well in his 30s now as well, I guess. I think 32, 33, something like that. Yeah, I think possibly yeah. So, he's, so he's, he's probably coming towards the end as well. I mean, he was, uh, he was a teenager, a young 20-year-old when he played for us, as Charles yeah. Zolan got his. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you've, you've taken our crown this year for having the most managers, haven't you? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Well, it's, it's mad because we had a period where when... I'm trying to think, go back. So if you go back to when Greg Albert was appointed... Yeah. In 2009, after John Ward was sacked. Greg was then in charge until 2014. Graham Kavanagh was then in charge for a season. Then Keith Kerr was in charge from 2014. Good no, 20, yeah, 20, sorry, 20, yeah, 2014 through to 2018. So he had four years. So basically, in the space of wow. nine years, we only had two and a bit managers, if you want to call it that, really, because Cav was appointed as an assistant and you know, given the job after Greg went. So we had, we had a period where we were stable, but last few years, it's a turnover of players as much as anything. Our problem is we don't retain players. We, don't have, a, we have a good season, don't quite make promotion, have to cut back, have a struggling season, rebuild to have a good season, have to cut back, struggling. That's basically the cycle we're on. So at the moment, we're on a, a downward season, which suggests next season might be a decent one, but... We'll have to wait and see with that. I mean, all, all you're describing there is what every low league team has to go through in League One. and Well, yeah. and not everyone in League One, but most teams in League One and, and League, League Two yeah. um, have to go through. And, and, and it's, the, it's the greedy Premier League and uh, Jean-Marc Bosman, who I blame. <laughs> yep, yep, that's all, where it all goes wrong. Um, right, well, I've, I've kept you for quite a while here now, mate, so thank you very much for your time. Before you go, have you got a prediction for this weekend's game? I mean... We have a we have our own little prediction league on that, on our message board, which I do. Um, I, I don't think I've predicted us to win all season, um, so I'll probably uh, I'll probably stick with the same um, same approach, hoping that I'm wrong. I, it, you, you guys are on decent form. I've not seen how, how you've been playing in the last couple of games, so I suspect you'll get get a goal or two, one all, two all at a push. 
I think our fans will probably take that at this point. Actually, keeps us both quite tight down there, and you know we're not losing games. That's the important thing. Um, Andy, well, I mean, a club like Carlisle United, yeah. Oldham Athletic, a proper football club. So, yeah. um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I want to see. <laughs> I'd rather see teams like Stevenage and Crawley get back where they belong. I, I, I had a feeling you were going to say those two because they're the two I was thinking of as well. Every season, I predict Crawley to go down, and they never bloody go down. And it, I got to the point where this season I didn't, and it hasn't done any good. They're still not going down. Um, Andy, thanks so much for your time. And You're welcome. All the best for the rest of the season after this weekend. <laughs> and I think most Califans would agree we really hope to see Oldham stay up because and they, it's quite it's an easy journey for us as much as anything. And like you said, you're a proper football club. Yeah, best of luck to you guys as well. Uh, hopefully see you next season. Okay, thanks to Andy for giving up his time to speak to us about all films Oldham Athletic. So, yep, game this weekend. It's 3pm kickoff at Boundary Park. Um at the moment, as as we record, Dan, they've sold was it about nine hundred and fifty, I think, tickets for this game. Yeah, well, probably be a thousand by the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I expect they're going to sell about twelve hundred in advance, aren't they? I think, and then yeah, be... and, and there'll be people who pay on the day for various so I, reasons. Fifteen hundred at least, I reckon, for this one, which is yeah. brilliant. We haven't, we haven't... I, 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 I haven't picked mine up yet, so yeah. you know, I don't know if you others who haven't. So. so I mean, it's one of those ones where I think it'll be. It'll, it'll probably be one of the best attendances we've had at Oldham for a long time, actually, because even though it's like a northwest ground, we don't actually generally take huge attendances there, do we? It's about six or seven hundred usually. Yeah. So I think know. I think there's been a couple of times we've played them recently when we've not been on a good run, or it's just you know it's not been enjoyable yeah. to watch at the moment. Or yeah, I, I seem to remember watching. It. I think it possibly was. Um, I think it was one of Coyote's first games. Was actually was at Oldham Athletic just yeah. before the pandemic kicked in. I wasn't very impressed with him that day. So, yeah, shows shows how right I was, wasn't it, really? Um, so, yeah, in terms of head-to-head... Oh, sorry, referee first. I haven't covered that yet. Uh, Sam Allison is the referee for this weekend's game. It's his second season as an EFL referee. He's taken charge of 24 games so far this campaign, handing out 94 yellow and six red cards. Very card-happy, isn't he, by the looks of things? Um, last took charge of United game for the bonkers 3-2 win at Lane Orient. In the final away game of last season, giving away free penalty, giving sorry, not giving away, giving free penalties of which two were missed. I seem to remember, um, and handing out five yellow cards. So, yeah, so certainly likes to be part of the action, doesn't he? By looks of things, Mister Allison. Yeah. Head to head record. It's the 89th time we faced the Latics, which is quite a lot actually. When I think about it, probably one of the they would be one of the top ones, but they had that period where they were in the top flight in Championship, weren't they, for quite a while? Yeah. And we were yeah. struggling down near the bottoms, hence why we didn't play them much. Um, we're well ahead though, aren't we, on the head-to-head stand? I'm quite surprised by this. Um, 37 wins for us, 22 draws and 29 Oldham wins. So one of the rare ones where we're not behind. Uh, last season, uh, their final position was 18th in League 2. They were just an incredibly dull football club the last couple of years, haven't they really been, until this season? They've not really done much. They've never really been in threat of going down until now. Yeah, yeah. Which is shown by the fact that they're actually currently 23rd on 31 points from 32 games. They're four positions and three points behind United, but they've played a game less. Um, well, let's talk about the manager, Dan. <laughs> John Sheridan. <laughs> where, appoint- where do you start? <laughs> appointed in January 2022 until the end of the season. I mean, the list of his previous clubs. I'm just going to take a little breath here. It is it is fourth one since Carl. Oh, it, it, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, and that was only what three, three, four years ago now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, three years ago he left. That's incredible, isn't it? Um, okay, so uh, his former former clubs 
Ultima Athletic, uh, three spells uh, and also two extra as a caretaker. Chesterfield, two spells. Plymouth Argyle, Newport County, Notts County, Fleetwood Town, Carl United, Waterford, Wigan Athletic and Swindon Town. I mean, you can say one thing about his managerial career, but it's not been boring, has it? I think it's no, hard to say. No. He's, I bet you could write a cracking book on his managerial well, time. If 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 people haven't seen it already, the, the excellent Under the Cosh podcast did an interview with him, didn't they? Yeah. And he tells some absolutely belting tales from his playing days, especially some about Brian Clough. But the one about his broken leg at Leeds United is, it's like, you, you, you listen to it and you think, how on earth did that man end up being a football manager after playing? Because <laughs> yeah. he doesn't sound like he got the brains for it. But you know what? He, he, does, he generally does a decent job wherever he goes. I mean, his spells at Swindon and Wigan were not great, were they? I think there was, there was issues at both no. of those clubs at the time. And Waterford was almost like he was just filling a bit of time, really, wasn't he, until another job came up. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's his sixth spell as a Latex boss. Um, he actually finished his playing career there with a spell between 1998 and 2004. Um, I mean, looking back at his time as United manager, Dan, reflecting on it, it, it didn't start that... I mean, I wouldn't say it started badly, but he sort of... Bobbled along, didn't it? I think he didn't wasn't held by the fact that he followed the curl era where you know curl had sort of consistently had us up up there challenging for a playoff place generally, and it was tough for him at first. I, I think the thing with John Sheridan when he came in was he just he was very left field. He came from nowhere, didn't he? You know, he's he's he wasn't mentioned. Well, they, they took then, a long time, didn't they, to actually appoint yeah, him? Yeah, he he who won't be named appeared on the scene, didn't he? Hmm. And I think um, it was. I think it was one that Clibbin sort of drove this one, but I think, I think sort of linked in terms of sorting contracts. Oh, like don't that. say that name on here, boy. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. I'll he bleep. who shall not be named. I, I'll bleep that out now. <laughs> well, yeah. right, I made a note, so let's get back into it. But yeah, it, like I said, it, it didn't start that great for him in his spell. He had some okay results early on, and there was a point. I think it was a game against MK Dons, wasn't it? Where uh, he sounded like he was basically on the verge of quitting, and he had enough. And he just, he, I mean, he was always a proper grumpy bastard, wasn't he, after games anyway. But he sounded like he was just like, ah, uh, you know, why am I bothering here? Yeah. And then suddenly we went on a six-game winning streak, didn't we? Yeah. And, so, and we were challenging for the playoffs. And we had, like, Ashley Nadison up front with Yates and um, Hallam Hope. And we, we looked a real good team. You know, Granger and, and Devitt were both... Banging I, th- I, well. I think he was annoyed at how inconsistent we were at the yeah. time because... You know, we we beat Newport three two, and we we absolutely ran riot at Swindon, didn't we? Yeah. And then then Forest Green turned us over, and we got beat off Milton Keynes, and then he obviously just <laughs> went ranch on them in training, and you know that mental run happened. So. Obviously, one of one of the high points of that run was a six 0 win against Oldham. Funny enough, wasn't it on a Boxing yeah. Day? One yeah. of our biggest Boxing Day wins in probably quite a long time. It might be one of our biggest ever, actually. Because I'm, I'm, I have a feeling we've had some big results on Christmas Day, but I don't think we've. I think one of our biggest ever wins was on Christmas Day, but I don't know about Boxing Day. But um, but yeah, and after that game, he was absolutely that furious. It's it's absolutely. We'll have to dig out and put it up on 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 Twitter again because it's genuinely one of the funniest things ever. Because he he's just so angry about it. And by all accounts, he came in the dressing room and basically told them, "Why are you so excited? Why are you celebrating?" And you get if you, if like, you don't if you don't want to play it, I'll sell you and all this. And it's like, if you don't like, want me, I'll go. Very... It's, kind 
kind of like, it was weird because it's kind of like, oh, you, you do at that point want to say to him, you know, I, I kind of liked him and some of the stuff he did, but it was kind of like lighting up a little bit, for God's sake. You know, 6-0 win on a Christmas, fantastic result. And they followed up with another positive result in the next game, which I think was Morecambe, wasn't it? I think possibly one of the next ones. Yeah. You know, they sort of like, uh, was, it, was that not New Year's Day? Possibly. There might have been a game in between, but I'm pretty sure that was not part of the, the winning streak when he when that happened, wasn't it? That was yeah. around about the time we lost, obviously, Nadison and... Um, and what's his name? Uh, Yates both left and went back. And Sowerby. And Sowerby, yeah, they're the three that really crippled us. He, he, he who shall not be named mentioned at a CUSG meeting that all three would be staying, all sorted. Yeah, right now. And that didn't happen, did it? Sums it up, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, you think back to it, like I said, we had that front three of Hope, um, Yates and uh, Nadison. And then you had a midfield three of, I think it would have been Slater, Devitt and Sowerby, wasn't it? Mm. really sort of dynamic weren't they really exciting you know fast forward thinking players and a pretty solid defence as well obviously with Anthony Gerrard who brought in obviously had a spell at Oldham as well um, obviously with Tom Parks in there and Granger and uh, Liddell playing it right back you look back at it I think it was, that was actually a really decent team and if yeah. we kept hold of those players in January we, we probably would have been challenging for the top but alas, it didn't happen, did it? And he, he he basically lost patience and left to go to for the chase the money at Chesterfield, didn't he? Uh, in the end, probably and still getting paid off them. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he's returned to to the Latics now, and and back in January, and they've been unbeaten since he came in, haven't they? Incredible. I don't mm-hmm. think I think everyone thought you know he might give them a bit of a lift, but basically in the seven games since he's arrived, three wins, four draws, that's thirteen points for a possible twenty-one. It, it it just looks an inspired move, and it's one of those ones you look and think, why why didn't they do it sooner? <laughs> Whether you know they've had a probably better position of getting themselves away because because the, the problem is they've got these great results, but because they started from such a low base, they're still in the bottom two right now. I know they've got that game yeah, in hand yeah. which helps, but it it just sort of goes to show how tight. I mean, other than Scunthorpe, who are, they're gone. Don't even worry about Scunthorpe anymore. They're not. They're not. So well, Scunthorpe have won four games all season. Yeah, they're not turning they're, around. The three wins behind safety. If, if Hill was going to stay the lead... there, he should be planning for next season. Really, shouldn't he? Yeah, like yeah. I said. So yeah, they're not. They're not going to find the form to stay up. And I think I think their fans are realistic about that. Yeah, that's what's yeah. happening. I have a feeling with Scunthorpe, they could end up doing like a South End or you know a York or something like that, and yeah, really, definitely, really definitely. struggling next season because the money's been pulled there. Clearly, hasn't it? There's been talk of yeah. a new ground and it's just not working out for them. So so there you go. Um, so yeah, in midweek, Oldham, uh, they played uh, Crawley Town and battled to a, a, a 2-2 draw. We're not going to talk about the goal scorers because we're going to talk about them in a bit in the X-Files section, aren't we, Dan? Mm. That's, uh, you're going to cover that. But, um, but yes, yeah, so that's a, a, a decent result for them. And like I said, another game unbeaten. And, you know, they, they actually went 2-1 down, didn't they? They went 1-0 up. Then Crawley got it was back into three, it. three goals in about five minutes, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a crazy little spell. Um, yeah. But yeah, so um, managed to get it to 2-2 and held on for the draw in the end. Um, in terms of the form table, they currently sit six in the last six games form table with record of one, one, drawn, one, drawn, drawn. Uh, United are up to 15th, funny enough. We've been bottom for quite a while, but those two results have lifted us up the form table. Um, looking through their squad, Dan... There's not a massive amount of quality in there, is it? Which probably goes to show how good a job Sheridan has done since he came in, isn't it? I think what it is, they've got a bit of a spine about the team. Mm. 
is you you know you've got Nicky Adams and he's been everywhere you know I mean yeah. Price is thirty five year old now isn't he Yeah yeah uh, you know you've got uh, Peregrini he he's been about he you know he was at Salford he was at old been at old I mean, he knows what he's doing I think Bamboo is is. He's missed the last couple of games, hasn't he's he? Suspended, I think. I think he's back. Yeah, and, and, yeah he had a red. Possibly, yeah. But no, they've. Uh, you know, even even Hallam Hope's picked up recently. You know, yeah. he's two in the last three games. You know, which you know it's that funny. usually means. But... It's, it's funny though. He, he he was desperate to get away from Sheridan when he was here with us, wasn't he? And then he went to Swindon, and then <laughs> Sheridan turned <laughs> up at Swindon, and he was oh, for God's sake, goes to Oldham. To, to follow Keith, and then suddenly Sheridan turns up at Oldham. Yeah. He just plays, oh, for God's sake, can't get rid of the man. But he play, plays well under Sheridan, to be fair. Some of his best football for us was actually under Sheridan rather than under Kerr, wasn't it? So, so yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, like you said, you look through there. There's a bit of a spine. I mean, oh, the other players in there, I mean, Davis, Kelly, uh, Keely had done. Is what I always really like, and if, if you know if he was available at the end of the season, I'd definitely be keen on us to, to yeah. game. He's a good little player. Harry Vaughan's a lad who's come up for the youth team. I think he actually did. He not make his debut against us earlier this season, possibly. I seem to remember he was definitely involved mm, in that game. Yeah, he played. Yeah. I think he played us for us against us on the weekend, and then I think in midweek he played against us in the in the youth cup as well, didn't he? I That's think, right. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's he's a an exciting player. I mean, January transfer activity. Not much for them, was there? Because obviously they've had. Issues with embargoes throughout this season, haven't they? I think um, only one lone player in the squad—that's a bit of a surprise, isn't it? Because normally, when clubs have got embargoes, that's the option they have to look at, isn't it? Because they they can't sign permanent players. But they've only got one who's on loan from uh, Sheffield Wednesday. They've had two others at the start of the season, but they both went back in January. So a little bit of a surprise to not see that many there. Um, lost uh, experienced defender Alan Sheehan in January. He retired from playing and uh, left to join Luton Town. As first team coach, um, off the field issues we mentioned, they obviously mean they've only made three permanent signs in January, which were Christopher Missaloo. I think he got released by Newport, didn't he? Yeah, before yeah. the window. So I seem to remember there was a lot, few people saying we should look at him, and I looked and I thought we barely ever played for Newport. It's a bit of a weird one why people demanding that. Um, Mike Fondop, who Hartlepool let go, um, he's had a big impact since coming in, hasn't he? I think he's just a big mm. unit up front, isn't he? I mean, that's one of the yeah, yeah. reasons why I think he might be injured this weekend. Though. I saw something on Twitter about that. Um, and finally, uh, Tope Ob- Obadei, who they signed from Sochaux in France. That this... is one hell of a transfer, isn't it? Well, I, f- I saw this and I thought, oh, is he some lad who's played around like the lower French League, something or something like that? But I, I remember when he signed, there was something about he'd come back to Oldham. And I thought, oh, so did he come over to England for a quick spell in Oldham, then went back to France and now has come back to, um, come back to, uh, to Oldham to, to play again? Uh, no, that's not what's happened. Um, he basically is English and he's played in England pretty much his whole career bar this short spell in France. Yeah. It, 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 it's a bizarre one. I'll, I'll, I'll list it. It's, it's amazing. Let me look at his uh, profile thing on Wikipedia a second. Right. So, yeah, he, he, he's born in Birmingham. Um, I, I don't know if he's... Uh, he's of Nigerian descent, so he's not French descent. Uh, he, he was started out at Bolton. He's had loan spells at Swindon, Rochdale, Shrewsbury, Chesterfield. Uh, he went to Rio Ave in um, Portugal for a little while. I think quite a few English players went over there, didn't they, I think? I seem to remember. I think Simmer might have been involved with them, actually, for a short while. Um, he, he then went to Bury. He had a loan spells at Plymouth. He went to Kilmarnock, Dundee, Oldham. Then he's gone to Sochaux. And then he's back at then home. Then he didn't play for a couple of years, though. 
he, he last played that, yeah. in 2019 or something. That's a weird thing. Yeah, I've just noticed that. Yeah, he yeah. left the show two years ago. I mean, what level are they playing at? League Two as well. So that's a very strange transfer, isn't it? It's very, very strange. One of those very weird ones, but there you go. So he, he's come back to them. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's a lot of, there's, there's a decent spine there, but there's a lot of you look through and you think, not really heard of a lot of those. I'm not sure about in terms of what, how how good they're going to be. So, but mate, clearly Sheridan's got them playing well, hasn't he? So fair play to him. Um, let's move on to the United. Um, in fact, before we do that, should we have a quick look at the League Two table? Actually, Dan, yeah. we've not done this, and I think it's probably a good idea to start doing this for the for the rest of the season. Basically, just a quick roundup of how things are sort of going throughout the division. I mean, I'm just looking at it here. Interesting at the top, Forest Green is struggling a bit at the moment, aren't they? <laughs> Mm, you often find teams that are well out in front have a little wobble before they steady themselves. To be fair, again. we had that as well, didn't we? And, and the thing is, even with that wobble they've had, they're, they're 10 points ahead of Northampton in second and they've got a yeah. game in hand. I mean, Exeter are the one, the very interesting one, actually, because they've got two games in hand on uh, Forest Green and they're on 54 points. So, yeah, they are 13 behind, but if you win those two games in hand, yeah. and their record recently, they're, they're unbeaten and quite a long streak unbeaten as well. Their record recently suggests that they could do that. So they're probably yeah. the one that you look at and think, well, they might end up challenging them possibly. Although, you know, you've got to play those games in hand. Although one of them's against, good, Bar- against ba- Barrows, so that's guaranteed three yeah. points for them. So, so, yeah. it's, a, it's a good battle in behind. You could probably make a case for everyone down to Port Vale, couldn't you? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, you look through it. Like I said, there's only seven points separating second and tenth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And even then, you've got Salford in, in 11th from 47. And uh, then you've got teams on 31 well. games, 34 games. You know, there's there's a yeah. lot of midweek football to come, isn't there? Yeah, like I said, with Salford, they, they've hit a bit of form too. So, I mean, yeah. Port, Port Vale's biggest problem is they've been drawing games. <laughs> Looking at there, five, four draws out of the last five, it's... Yeah, so in terms of the playoff setup at the moment, you've obviously, I mean, Tranmere are dropping a little bit. They're, they're, their good defence and that kind of thing has really dropped off now. They're, they're level in terms of Northampton on defence with 27 mm. goals conceded. So that's hit them a little bit. But they were never going to keep that up forever. Their problem is they've only scored 36 goals, Northampton. I mean, that, that's only 10 more than us and we're crap. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's not ideal to get, only get maybe one goal a game at the moment. Um and then you, then you look at Forest Green, they've got 63 scored. So that that's why they're top of the league, basically. Down at the bottom, as you mentioned, it looks like it's gone far up a knackered, don't they? They're on 23, yeah. 23 points, basically. So, so yeah, they're, 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 they're... I I think, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but yeah. I think the results midweek, sort of the week from the chaff a little bit. Hmm. Uh I can just. I, I think Oldham have got enough to get out of it. I can see Barrow and Stevenage having a hell of a dog fight. Yes, yes, I can see that, and I think Barrow just they just don't seem to get results, even they're not playing that badly. They just don't seem to be able to step up, and the, the issues with Cooper and stuff like that, I don't think are helping things for them either. Um, no, no. Stevenage they picked up that bit of form when Tisdale originally came in, but then, like you said, look at looking at the form now, they've not got a result for ages have they by the looks of things I mean the same with Colchester I mean the League 2 table on the BBC website shows you the last five games and the three teams below us haven't won a game in those last five games yeah Oldham have, have, have won two and they've drawn three yeah even, yeah even Scunthorpe have won a game in the last five games yeah so that shows you how much they've won the struggle and Leighton Orient just above us they've only picked yeah. up one point from those five games so yeah 
Yeah, I, th- I think we, did, we did, actually didn't touch on this actually when we did the previous section. Rochdale. Leighton Orient haven't won a league game this year. No, exactly. I mean, is it November actually even maybe that the last yeah. league game? I think something like that. Um, but we didn't actually mention this when we did the review section. I thought Rochdale one of the best teams I've seen in terms of football for a long time. Played some really yeah, nice yeah. stuff. If they had a striker with a clear instinct and maybe someone who's a bit more ruthless in midfield in terms of putting tackles in and you know winning the ball back and stuff, I think they might have probably comfortably won that game because they were they really were a good side. A couple of additions in the summer. They won't go down, I don't think. A couple of additions in the summer. They could be a real sort of dark horse next season, I reckon. That's, mm. that's my er, very, very early prediction for the uh, 22-23 season for you there. But yeah, I think I agree with you there. I think up to I think at the moment it's it's up to Orient, maybe Walsall because they've played the extra games, so some of the teams below them could drag them in. But I, I think mm. even they've probably done enough to pull away now under Flynn. He's got a few results for them. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's very tight in, at both ends, isn't it? It's very interesting, but it's interesting. Bar the extremities of the bottom team and the top team, it's tight at both ends, basically. Yeah, yeah. that's the way it is right now. Okay, Dan, well, let's uh, look at the United uh, team stuff now, uh, just before we do predictions. Um, yeah, Joel Senior, uh, he's he's had his knee up in terms of injuries. Um, good to see that, a bit of progress. Still a way off, though, isn't he, I think, it's fair to say. We won't be seeing him in action for quite a while. No, no, we won't see him this season. No, definitely not. Um, uh, interestingly, that Sim- Simo has been quite open in terms of when players are coming back, which Millen was... A little bit more open than Beach was, but he was not quite fully like, oh, you know, yeah, back soon. Yeah. So basically, Simo, I think, said after the uh, Rochdale game um, that McDonald and Dickinson could be involved for the Northampton game next week. So that's mm-hmm. that's good news to potentially have those two back, a bit more experienced in the team. Um, Kelvin Mellor still unlikely return until April at the earliest. You're probably looking at Easter, aren't you, to be honest? Yeah, I think with him. Um, I think with Gimme Tour as well, I think he's a couple of weeks off as well, similar to yeah. Dickinson and McDonald's. Although whether he'll probably play for us again, I'm not potentially really that convinced. I don't know about you, but, uh, but there you go. Um, I don't think we really need to go through what team we pick because I think we'd probably nah, stick with what we've done. it picks itself, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just picks itself. I mean, the only thing really debated maybe on the bench, whether you tweak that a little bit. Obviously, Windsor yeah. missed out in midweek, Divine missed out on the weekend. I suppose it depends on who you're playing and what you want to really do, isn't it, from the game? Yeah. So. So there you go. I think there's not much to preview in that sense. We're very happy with the team. Let's just stick with it. Um, predictions then, Dan. What are you going for this weekend? A barnstorming 4-3 win in injury time. I can't believe you've done that because I was going to pick a 4-3 win as well. I'm so <laughs> Second week in a row. I've had that in my head. I don't know why. But, um, and it'll be a Jamie Devitt top bins free kick to win it. Oh, Right, so so who who else are you go for the other goal scorers? You've gone for Dennis uh, to score the winner. Den- Dennis, Dennis Patrick, and John Mellish header coming up for the corner. Brilliant. Um, right, I'm going to go for a three-two win. Then, if you're going to do that, uh, and I think goals from Dinel Simeu is going to score a header from a corner, and he basically is going to be end up down the M62 with his <laughs> celebration. He's going to go that mad. Um, I think. Uh, Dennis will get his first goal for the club and I agree with you I think Jamie Devitt's going to score uh, the winner and I think he'll do the uh, the old uh, arms stretched out in front of um, John Sheridan because obviously they didn't get on very well did they I think it's fair to say when he was uh, Blues boss so that's what I'm going to go for let's hear what Mike has got to say so I'm going to predict a 3-0 win with Dennis 
Patrick and Show Silver getting our goals. There you go. That, that's very echoey in Iceland today, isn't it? I, I was just about to say, it's, uh, Mike, Mike's actually away for a few days in uh, Iceland, so maybe the cold making his uh, voice echo. There you go. Well, um, before we do the X-Files section, uh, Mike has sent us a question as well. I forgot to actually do this at the start of the second half. Uh, it's another Simo-based question, so we'll ask it now, and then what we'll do, we'll do the X-Files, and then we'll quickly yeah. have a go at trying to answer it. So here's Mike's question. So, continuing with Paul Simpson fever with the questions this week, there are five players that played for us in his last spell at the club who, after leaving the Blues, went on to play in the Premier League. Who are they? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, I think I, I think I know at least two. Mm. I've got two off the top of my head now. I'm, I'm going to have to... Okay, right. Let, let's have a little think about that one and we'll come back to it after we've done the X-Files section, Dan. So, not not as packed as it has been in recent weeks. There was it a few interesting ones in there, though? No, uh, Saturday. Uh, well, well, this is before Saturday, actually. It was, it was, actually, uh, it was when we were recording last week, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I was keeping an eye on it as we were recording. Uh, James Taberna scored twice in Rangers 2-all draw with Borussia Dortmund. Uh, massive result, that. Uh, on to the Saturday, Gary Medine scored in Blackpool's 4-1 win over Reading. Uh, Ashley Addison scored for Crawley in a surprise 2-1 win over Forest Green mm-hmm. uh, Harry McCurdy scored again but they got beat off Salford 2-1 uh, Mark Cullen scored on his debut for AFC Fylde in a 2-0 win at Blythe Spartans yeah. uh, on to the midweek games uh, we mentioned the Oldham game Hallam yeah. Hope scored to give Oldham the lead. Yeah. Then Ashley Addison scored twice in five minutes to mm. make it 2-1, but obviously it finished 2-all. And then uh, one other incident of note, Joe Garner got sent off for Fleetwood for clashing with James McLean in their game at Wigan. I'm not saying this, base. I mean, when you hear those two names, you think to yourself, yeah, I could predict those two players would end up in a fight. In it's, case, wouldn't you? it's not as bad as it. I've seen it. It's more just a little tussle. It's not. I was expecting, you know, haymakers and stuff, yeah, but it I wasn't mean, that. Uh... He's a former Wigan player, isn't he, Joe? Yeah, as well. yeah, so yeah. A bit of a bit of tenseness there. I think it's fair to say. And um, uh, the other news, I think you've left in from last week, haven't you? No, no. I think these these are two we didn't cover last week. To be fair, no. Uh, Adam Murray has got a temporary coaching role at Port Vale. There's Daryl Clark is given extended leave, and Jason Kennedy has joined Mask United after this loan spell from Spenny Moor Town. It's great to see Jason still playing football, isn't it? Because there was a lot of worry yeah. that he, he wouldn't be able to play again after the injury got towards the end of his time with us. He got that one game, didn't he, I think, towards the end after he'd recovered from injury, which was really good to see. Okay, well, let's have a quick go at this question before we finish up then, Dan. Um, right, well, first up, the two obvious ones for me. In fact, the f- yeah, two obvious ones for me. Uh, Michael Bridges played for Hall in the Premier League, didn't he? And Kieran Westwood for Sunderland. I'm going to offer all. Uh, I just forgot his name. I had his name there, and I forgot it. Glenn Murray. Yes, good show. I didn't even think of Glenn, Glenn Murray. Murray. Yeah, and um, I'm trying to think who else. Five of them. Is there any goalkeepers we've had on? I'm time? trying to think. Yeah, if we've we had a loan here, because no, we, we only had. Oh, no, in fact, you're probably going to have to go back. Possibly to this is the problem. We're going back now, potentially to the the first season in charge. Yeah. All those millions of players. Matty Fryatt. Matty Fryatt is another one. I just remember off the top of Yes, head. that's that's, that's a good that's a good shout. So we've got four. We've got one left to get. Oh, God. Oh, who, who could it be? Who could this it is, be? This is a really good question, actually. Yeah. Um, 
there must be someone we potentially had on loan or we or something. We might have to give up on this one, you know, because we're running out of time here. We need to get away. Yeah. Here, so. Off the we... top of my head, I can't think more. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about the... Paul Warhurst obviously didn't go on to play in the Premier League, did he? He'd already played. No, no, count. no. Um, no, that, that's, that's really tough, that, actually. Fair play, Mike. You've, you've, I think you've you've stumped us for once on this one. Um, okay, then let, let's see what the answers are for this one. And it's Glenn Murray... Kieran Westwood, Matty Fryat, Mark Tierney, and Alan O'Brien. Ah, yes. Tierney. Did, did, did he not include Michael Bridges there? I don't think Ooh. he did, did he? Oh, ju- ju- judges, uh, judges um, panel need to check on this one, I'm afraid. I think he messed up there, Mike. Um, I think there might be six. Well, I'll double check off this, but I'm fairly sure he played at least a couple of Premier League games. Players' answers again. Uh, let, let's hear them again. And it's Glenn Murray, we got that. Kieran Westwood, yep. Matty Fryat, Mark yep. Tierney, and yep. Alan O'Brien. Alan O'Brien's a, a great shout. I think he, played, he made his, had a sub appearance for Newcastle. That's that's fair play that one. But I think Michael Bridges did as well. So I think we've got four out of six essentially there. So Michael we... Bridges didn't. Did he not? No championship. <sighs> I was sure he played at least one game for them. Fair yeah. Mike must have double-checked it, but there you go. So, Tien is a cracking shout. It is, isn't it? You completely forget that. You just completely Norwich. forget, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Well, fair play, Mike. You, you stumped us this week, I think it's fair to say. And uh, that's it for this week's episode. Uh, thanks, Dan, once again for joining me. Thanks once again to our sponsors, the London Branch, for their support this season. Um, in terms of upcoming episodes, Dan, we're, we're closing in fast on our 100th episode, aren't we? Mm. Uh, that includes, obviously, the special ones we've done. I think we're on about 91, 92 at the moment. I'll have to double-check that. But, but yeah, so sometime in April, we'll be hitting the, the 100 mark, and uh, we'll have to do something special to mark it, won't we? Maybe get a special guest on or something like that, possibly. We'll see what we can do. But, um, but yeah, fa- thank you once again, everyone, for your support. Really appreciate it. Um, I think we've had a few, couple of new countries as well, haven't we, recently? I noticed that. Japan. Yeah, uh, Finland and Japan, was it? Big in Japan. And Cape Verde as well. That one appeared as well, which is clearly that someone... Rigged, on... That rigs someone on holiday, does <laughs> 100%. It? Especially as it was one listen and then it disappeared. So, so there you yeah. go. But uh, thanks, like I said, once again, for your support. I think last week's episode the about Simo's return was some of the best listening figures we've had for, for quite a while, actually. Funny enough, it's always the ones where managers get sacked or appointed. Then we get such we get a real upturn in terms of listeners, yeah. which, is, which is very odd, isn't it? But there you go. But yeah, the, the, the figures are really high at the moment, so it's brilliant. Thank you very much for your support. Um, enjoy the game this weekend if you're going down to Oldham, and uh, look forward to it. And hopefully, as well, a big crowd for the Northampton game. Thanks for listening, and up the blues. Up the blues.